0: Word which is eternal, your word that we can trust in, Almighty God. More than what what things are changing in our present day governments. And I know those of you who are who are listening on this podcast sometime in the future, even in your government setting, things are changing in the world. But to know this, that God is in control, your heavenly Father is in control, and things are going to change. Part of His orchestration. And as we spend time meditating on God's word, God has already told us what's going to happen in these last days, in the end times. And so, what we need to do is spend time warning scripture, reading the scripture and studying it, and allowing the spirit of the living God to speak to our hearts so that he will be able to bring us into all truth, so that we'll be able to give a hope and an answer to those around us. Because the changes that have just happened in the last few months, they're going to be even more dramatic changes. There have now been recorded more earthquakes going on and volcano eruptions. The weather has been dramatically changing. All these things are happening, but that's part of the birth pains of this. All creation is crying out for the Lord. And we as believers, we're crying out. We're looking forward to the Lord's return. So blessed be his name. Today, we're going to be going back to the book of Acts. And let's turn there together. Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. The title, the continue of the series, Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, Shalakim, the Apostles of sent Ones. Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. And I'll give you a couple moments here to find your place. And let us continue. We find here the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul. He's now on his last journey, his third journey. These were journeys going out to reach out to those Jews who were part of the diaspora. And the area that, that he's mostly in at this time is where a lot of the, when the Assyrians took the northern tribes, and they dispersed those northern tribes throughout this known region, this area. And what he's doing is he's coming, he's coming across these individuals. Now, many of us may not remember. Or maybe we learned it one time, but we forgot. But Rasha'ul, the apostle Paul, was not born in the land of Israel. He was born where? In Tarsus. And where is Tarsus today? which would be considered now the area or present day of country of Turkey. And so he was part of the diaspora. And so God is not only sending him to reach out and be a light to the nations, to the Gentiles who do not know Messiah, but also to part of the diaspora of Jews who are living throughout this region. And you know what's amazing? I did some recent uh, historical study, and it says this. This was now considered the Roman Empire, just as Jerusalem was considered. Israel was considered part of the Roman Empire. And so with this, historical accounts uh, teach that there were 1.5 up to 2 million Jewish people that were living in the area of Turkey, Athens, Greece, and also Italy and Rome. So there were large hubs of Jewish communities that were firmly established in these areas. And so when Rav Shaul, as we have learned, as we were introduced to him in the book of Acts, this is a little bit of review today, uh, he would go first to a city or to a village and look for a local synagogue. And if there was not one there, then he would go to a waterway. It would be a creek, a river, a lake, or a pond area. And that's where traditionally Jewish people who did not have a quote-unquote meeting house of prayer or a synagogue to meet, that's where they would gather. And so he, he continued this process through this whole time of proclaiming the good news to the Jew first. And also to the nations. But now he's on his last journey through this area. And so now it's kind of like his farewell journey. Is he, is he cutting back from proclaiming the good news? Absolutely not. But now he's making a, uh, as the Spirit of the Living God is leading him to these areas where he has already established these Messianic congregations, both Jews and Gentiles. One in Messiah. So now, now let us begin in Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. After the fervor died down, Shaul Paul sent for the Talmudine, his disciples, and he encouraged them. Then took his leave and set out on his way to Macedonia. So now he's making the journey back. He went through that area, and after saying much to encourage them, he passed on to Greece. Now, if you happen to have a map with you, you can kind of chart the journey as we go along here. All right? Where, and this is Greece. He passed on to Greece where he spent three months. That's a long stay. As he was preparing to set sail, for where for Syria. He discovered a plot against him by unbelieving Jews. Now in some of your translations it just says Jews. but we have to we have to differentiate here in that these were not all Jews that were coming against him because as notice this, this is his third journey. and there are many Messianic Jews, living throughout this whole entire area. You know, as as I've been studying about uh, history of Rome at this time of the first century, it is said this, that one in 10 of people of the Roman Empire who were not Jews, 1%, one out of 10, these individuals converted to Judaism. This was prior to Yeshua dying upon that tree and raising from the dead. And if you think about that, what a great significance of what the light of Judaism was to then the the known pagan world. It was both light and liberty. And so think about that. In the setting, and many of us don't look at scripture from that perspective. That the Jewish people as being a light to the nations. One out of every 10 of the people in the Roman Empire. Who were Gentiles. Had converted to Judaism at that time. And so now as Rav Shaul was going to these towns and villages there would be Gentiles who were attending these synagogues. Some of them being converts. And so this is the process. Because many times when we read the Brit HaDeshah, we don't fully understand. God's promise was this, that the Jewish people was to be the bridge and a light to the Gentiles. Because many times we focus on Yeshua being that bridge, which he literally is. And so the uh, transformation of these Gentiles who converted to Judaism and then coming to know Messiah. See, because what they would do is they would come and they would meet on Sabbath and they were introduced to the Tanakh and they were trained. That was part of their their, their training that the Lord had done in their lives. And so I want that in the back of our minds as we proceed here in these scriptures. So going on in verse number three. And when he spent three months, and he's here in Greece, as he was preparing to set sail for Syria, he discovered a plot against him by unbelieving Jews. Those are Jews who did not receive Yeshua as their Messiah up to that point. So he changed his mind. And he decided to return by the way of Macedonia. Why? Because he he knew this. He was coming towards the end of his life. He was no longer that young man that held the coats of those who were in the process of stoning stephen this is many many years in the future let's go forward here in verse 4 so peter from berea the son of pyrus accompanied him as did aristarchus from thessalonica do you notice that town there these towns Berea, the Bereans, where he established a congregation there. And what was said of the Bereans? It said that they were the most noble of all people because they searched the scriptures daily. They read the Tanakh. They focused on the Tanakh daily to see if anything that Rav Shaul was sharing, could it be confirmed in the Tanakh? And so that was the process that these individuals were going through, going forward here. And Adostarchus from Thessalonica. You know, we have two books, both 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, that we can read from and get light on the time and settings of both the time and what they were living, and also it speaks to the future, these last days. Let's go forward here. And Gaius from Jer- Derby. Next, Timothy, Antiochus, and Trihinos from the province of Asia. Do we realize that there are two books that were addressed to a certain individual who is a leader, a future leader of a congregation? And that speaks of Timothy, 1st and 2nd Timothy. Going forward here, verse five, these men went on and waited for us in Troas. If you're following along in your map here, you can, you can follow along on this journey. These are literal places. While we sail from Philippi, have you found that on your map? After the days of Matzah. Now, what are the days of Matzah? After Pesach, after Passover. OK, we will be celebrating Passover here, March 28th at 6 p.m. So it was after that time in the future. So it kind of gives you a feeling in the settings. See, these appointed times, these feasts and these gatherings of the Lord that we're to follow and to understand. And it kind of gives us of what was going on. And what was the common practice of Rav Shaul? He was born a Jew, he lived as a Jew, and he died as a Jew. Let's go forward here. Five days, this is verse number six. I'll read the, begin it again. While we sailed from Philippi after the days of Matzah, five days later, we met them in Troas, where we spent a week. See, now he's stopping. He's listening to the Spirit of the Living God. And he's lingering. He's sharing the good news. He's reaffirming the things that he had already taught because he wants to set a firm foundation in the believer's hearts because he knows this, that once he is moved on, that there's going to come things out. And he will relay that later in this chapter. Let's go forward here. Verse 7. On Matze et Shabbat, when when we were gathered to break bread, notice that he's still breaking bread with people. He has times, intimate times with them. Shaul addressed them since he was going to leave the next day. But he kept speaking until midnight. Now, there were many lamps burning in the upstairs room where they were meeting. And you know what? This upstairs room, in some areas, there was not a roof over it. It might be the very, very top of the house, or maybe they built walls around it. There may have been archways over it. And if the family was wealthy, then they would have a roof over it. It was not always the case, but it was still considered an upper room upon the house. So let's go forward here. Now, there were many lamps burning in the upstairs room where they were meeting. See, this is a more open area for them to meet. This had to be been a larger structure. And there was a young man, a fellow named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill. It could have been an archway. As Shaul's drash, or his teaching, went on and on. Why? Because he knows this. This is going to be the last time, most likely, I will ever see these people again. And these people came to him to become as his own family, his adopted family. He's like the patriarch father, the great-grandfather, who's now passing through these areas and these regions, and he's getting together with family members. See, whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, and you became one in Messiah, Rav Shul, the Apostle Paul, saw you literally as his own family. And so he wanted to spend, he wanted to pour the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that God had breathed through him into their lives to full completeness of what he learned from the scriptures. You know, many of us have not originated here in America. And if we were to raise our hands right now, very few of us could uh, trace our ancestry to the Native American people. Some of us can, and that's a beautiful thing. But all of us had family members who sacrificed much, went on a ship, And they traveled, saying goodbye to their loved ones and friends that most likely they would never see again. Because it's not like today, where we have airplane travel. So Rav Shaul, this is a a time of remissing and bringing these things to heart. He's looking at the eyes of these dear people. These are the individuals that he caused them to go underneath the waters of immersion. They they went through the the, the process of teshuva, of, of repentance. And he was able to see them grow mature as believers. His heart is filled with joy in seeing that they have progressed and they've grown and grew in their faith and their trust In Messiah Yeshua. He's blessed by the love of community. And the transformation that's going on in their hearts and minds. And in their communities. Because now he's now passing the baton. To these leaders. Of these congregations. And saying it is now for you to run the race. Because I've ran the race and I've been been faithful. And I want to complete the task. And I'm now sharing with you, this is my example to you. To go proclaim and live out the good news in your communities. So let's go forward here in verse 9. And there was a young fellow named Utica sitting on the windowsill. As Shaul's drash or teaching went on and on. So he wants to pour everything he possibly can. Eutychus grew sleeper and sleepier until finally he was sound asleep. And he fell from the third story to the ground. And when they picked him up, he was dead. Isn't it amazing when scripture just reports things as they are? Let's go forward here. But Shaul went down, and he did what? He threw himself onto him, and he put his arms around him and said, don't be upset, he is alive. Now think about this. The scripture proclaimed that this young man is dead. Is this similar? Have we heard similar stories like this? Did not one of the prophets, when a widow's who had established an upper room upon their house, a place for a cot and a table and a stool. So when he was out doing the Lord's work, he was able to return and he was in the vicinity of this area. He had a place to stay. And it's scripture says that one day while this young man was out with his mother in the field, that he was overcome by the heat and he died. So what did she do? She took the child. She brought him up the stairs, laid him upon that cot. And when that prophet came, what did he do? He was told about this and he went and he stretched himself over the child, eyeball to eyeball, face to face, mouth to mouth. And that child became warm. And then later that child was raised from the dead. And so Roshul is going by the example of, what a prophet of God has done in the past. Let's get back to the scripture here. Verse 10, But Shaul went down, and he threw himself onto him. And he put his arms around him and said, Don't be upset. He is alive. Now, the scripture doesn't say that he put eyeball to eyeball, mouth to mouth. Doesn't give us all those details. But his proclamation here a believing faith that this man would be raised from the dead. Let's continue here. Then he went back upstairs. He broke bread and he ate. What is this a symbol of? Breaking bread, recognizing Yeshua's last Seder. Communion. What did he want to do with them? He wanted to break bread with them, he wanted for them to participate. What is the focal point? He always lifted up Yeshua because he knew this, that if he was to, uh, to go ahead and, and lift up the name of Yeshua, he would be drawing people unto Yeshua. He wanted this to be a literal word picture, that when you come together, you're to break bread with one another, have Messiah Yeshua in common. So let us go forward here. Verse 11. Then he went back upstairs. He broke bread and he ate. And he continued talking with them till daylight. Then he left. Notice that. He doesn't stop speaking. He wants, because he knows this, this is the last time he's probably going to ever see these people. And he wants to give his best. you know what that is? Yeshua. Yeshua. Because what did Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, say? What I want to give to you is what I've given to you from the beginning. What I've always emphasized, and that is Messiah. He laid down his life. And notice this. When he was out in these areas, he was working with his own hands. He had partnered with other individuals as he was a tent maker, a tallit maker, And he earned his own way, not to be a burden on anyone here, but so that they would know what was his desire, the reason, what compelled him to do this, but was his love for his Messiah. And he desired for every Jew and every Gentile to come to a saving knowledge of the promised Messiah, Yeshua. Let's go forward here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then he went back upstairs. He broke the bread and ate. He continued talking with them till daylight. Then he left. So greatly relieved, they brought the boy home alive. So he was raised from the dead. But you see, the scripture isn't focusing on Rav Shaul. He's not now ready to sell pamphlets and say, this is how you raise a dead relative or anything like that. It was just Yeshua so that Yeshua got all the glory and honor. He wasn't not trying to gather a group unto himself, but point them to Messiah. And you know what? And likewise, he was saying to them this. You see these elders that have been raised up in your midst? I'm going on. I will not always be with you. You are to now look to them and watch and live by their example. Just as we on this earth, the Lord has set our days that we're to be alive, has filled us with his spirit. He's given us tasks. We have callings on our lives. And we're to accomplish that. And you know how we do that? By building and allowing the spirit of the living God to stir up the gifts in others. Because we do not know the day or the hour when the Lord is going to take us home. Recently, Pastor Joe Sutton, a faithful, godly man, a pastor of a congregation, north. Minneapolis has now gone to be with the Lord. He raised up elders and deacons within his congregation, leaders in various aspects to continue the work. We bless his memory. And we know this, that this is what Rav Shaul is doing. He's building up others and he's willing to sacrifice all that they may be fully equipped and empowered to fulfill God's call Upon their lives. And for them to continue to run the race. Let's go forward here. Verse 13. We went on ahead to the ship. And we set sail for Azos. If you can look on your map. You can find that place. Where we were planning to take Shaul aboard. He arranged this because he wanted to go there by land. And so going forward here, after he met us at Azos, we took him aboard and went on to Midline. You can find that there on your map, this journey. The next day we sailed from there and arrived off Syros. The following day after that, we reached Miletus. Now these cities and these areas are very very familiar with us. Why? As we've been going through the book of Acts, line upon line, precept upon precept, we see the journey, the daily journey of these years at Rav Shaul, of gathering, calling up other, and building up others so that they would be the leaders for the future. Let's go forward here. For Shaul had decided to bypass Ephesus in this voyage in order to avoid losing time in the providence of Asia. You know why? Because there's a huge messianic community there in Ephesus. And for him to stop there he probably would have had to uh, prolong his journey made up to another two to three to six months. But he knew that there was an earnest urging of the spirit to go back to Jerusalem. So, let's go forward here. For Shaul had decided to bypass Ephesus on this voyage in order to avoid losing time in the province of Asia. Find Ephesus on your map. Because he was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem, if possible, to be there to celebrate Shavuot. So, you Bible scholars, from Passover To Shavuot, how many days is that? 50 days. And so that kind of gives us a mindset of the feasts of the Lord. That he's living as a Jew and he's honoring the feasts of the Lord. Let's go forward here in verse 17. But he did send Miletus to Ephesus. Summoning the elders of the Messianic community. So now he's asking for those elders to come down to him. Not to bring the whole Messianic community, because that would have cost them a lot. Can you imagine arranging that? We don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands, of Messianic Jews and Messianic Gentiles who are part of that Ephesus messi- Messianic community at this time. Is it a grown. Going forward here, did you notice, and I add this, he did not call the apostles or the prophets, but he called the elders of those messianic communities. Food for thought. Let's continue with the scripture. When they arrived, he said to them, you you yourselves know how on the first day I set foot on the providence of Asia, You'll see on your maps that area of Asia. I was with you the whole time. I spent a lot of time with you. I poured myself out to you. I invested my life in you. Verse 19. Serving the Lord Yeshua with much humility and with tears. In spite of the tests I had to undergo... The persecutions, because of the plots of whom? The unbelieving Jews. Going forward, you know that I held back nothing that could be helpful to you, that I taught you both in the public and from house to house. See, there were not churches established. He would meet in the synagogues, and some of the synagogues would open up and receive him, and others would kick him out. And those Messianic Jewish believers, his Talmudim, and the uh, those Jewish converts, Gentiles who converted to Judaism, would go with him and become his Talmudim. And they began to meet house-to-house fellowships going forward. Verse 21, declaring with utmost seriousness the same message to both Jews and Greeks alike. There is one way to Messiah Yeshua. What did Yeshua say to that Pharisee who met him late at night when no one else could see what was going on? He said, you must be born again, born of the Spirit. There's one path unto God. It's through Messiah Yeshua. But you all must be born again. Going forward here. Declaring the utmost seriousness. The same message to Jews and Greeks alike. Turn from sin. Does that mean that Jewish people sin? Yes. Turn from sin. And put your trust In our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. It's that simple. Stop sinning and turn to God, but through Yeshua. That's the whole good news in a nutshell. Let's go forward here. And now, being compelled by the Rok HaKodesh, being compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to do Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. At this point, he did not know. But as we go further in the scripture, the spirit reveals to him what's going to take place. Other than that, in every city, the Ruach HaKodesh keeps warning me that imprisonment and persecution await me. Wait a minute. You mean I got to go and face more persecution? And I have to be now imprisoned? And it's the will of the Father that I do this? Many of us don't remember or recall that Rav Shaul had to be imprisoned so that he could write these letters that we cherish today. Let's go forward with the scripture here. Other than that, in every city, the Ruach HaKodesh keeps warning me that, that imprisonment and persecution await me. But I consider my old life, my own life as no importance, importance to me whatsoever. See, he wasn't there trying to build his own kingdom, his own reputation. He was pouring out his life as a water offering on the altar of the god most high let's go forward here but i consider my own life of no importance to me whatsoever as long as i can finish the course ahead of me the race that was before me to fulfill the calling that the lord had placed upon his life what was that to be a light to the nations to the jew first and also to the gentiles The task that I received from the Lord Yeshua to declare in depth the good news of God's love and his kindness, not his condemnation, but his love and kindness. Yeshua is all about love and the kindness of God. Pastor John shared earlier in our Torah reading about us having an intimate relationship with Messiah. That God the Father desires from each and every one of us as individuals to be an eternal one. And that's what Rob Shaul is proclaiming here. You are to know and put your trust in Messiah and him alone. He's your Redeemer. He's your Bridegroom that's coming back for, for you, O Bride of Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah. He's the one that laid down his life for you. He's the one that stands and intercedes before the Father on our behalf. Let's go forward here. But I consider my own life no importance to me whatsoever as long as I can finish the course ahead of me. The task I received from the Lord Yeshua to declare in depth the good news of God's love and kindness. Now listen, I know that none of you people among you Whom I've gone about proclaiming the kingdom will ever see me again. Now it's been sealed by the spirit of the living God. I will never see you again on this earth. But know this, that in heaven. Can you imagine the first day that you and I are introduced to Rav Shaul? What are you going to say to him? Are you going to thank him for his faithfulness? What would your life be if Rashul did not accept Messiah Yeshua? Would the, would the Brit Hadashah have been written? Yeah. But think about the sacrifice. And that's why these words are living alive. His life we have been blessed by. He has set an example for us to follow, even though we've never met him. Let's continue here. Now, listen, I know that none of you people among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will ever see me again. Notice that he proclaimed the kingdom of God, not his kingdom, not his ministry. But he proclaimed the father's kingdom going forward here. Therefore, I testify on this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from proclaiming to you the whole plan of God. See, it's God's plan. It's not my plan. It's not your plan. It's God's plan to redeem all the people of the earth if they'll simply put their trust in Messiah Yeshua. Verse 28. Now here's the turning point. Here's a word that was written then that's eternal for us even today. And we have to take this in perspective. Now, hear Rab Shaul's words to them and to us. It is live and it's living. Verse 28 Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to these elders. He has not appointed new apostles, he has not appointed new prophets. He has raised up elders. He did not call the apostles and the prophets from Ephesus. Oh, the elders, they need to stay, stay with the flock. But send me the apostles, send me the elders. Excuse me, the the apostles and the prophets. He called the elders because there were no apostles and there were no prophets that were in leadership in the congregation. The congregation, both Jews and Gentiles, one Messiah in Ephesus. Think about that. Let the Spirit speak to your heart pertaining to it. He will lead you in all all truth. What I say, consider this. Let's continue here. Watch for yourselves and for all the flock, which the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has placed you as leaders. He's not addressing apostles. He's not addressing Prophets, he's addressing the elders of these congregations. Go forward. To what? To shepherd. Not to lord over, but to shepherd. What does the shepherd do? He lays down his life for his flock. When wolves attack, who stands before the flock and protects them? The shepherd. He intercedes. He prays. He stands. He literally lays down his life so that the flock can continue to love, even though the wolves come and tear the sh- at the shepherd. Going forward here, to shepherd God's messianic community, which He won for Himself. Who does it belong to? Does it belong to the elder? No. Does it belong to an apostle? Does it belong to a prophet? No. Does it belong to Rav Sha'ul? No, it belongs to him who won itself for himself. For which he won for himself at the cost of his own son's blood, Yeshua. Who you belong to? The father through the son of his sacrifice of his blood. How are you cleansed from sin? It's only through the blood of Messiah Yeshua. Otherwise, our sins are still upon our heads. Let's go forward here. I know that after I leave, who's he addressing here? The elders. He's warning them. Watch out for yourselves. It was as important that day as it is today. Savage wolves. Did he say, Redeemable wolves? No, he says savage wolves, those that have their own desire for destruction upon the flock. If you were to put wolves in the midst of sheep today, what will they do? They will devour them for their own purposes. Savage wolves will come in among you. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Oh, but they say this. They quote these scriptures. But what ultimately, what is their heart and plan and desire is to remove you, to follow after them, and not to follow Messiah Yeshua. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come among you, and they will not fear the flock. Why? Because they are going to put themselves first. And they're willing to sacrifice you and anything else so that they will be built up. Going forward here, even from among your own number, men will rise to teach what? Perversions, things that go against what Rav Shaul, by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, as he was teaching them what the Tanakh, because he wasn't teaching Matthew through Revelation. It hasn't been written yet. What he was teaching was from the Tanakh, God's word, the foundation stones of the true apostles and the true prophets of God. Let's go forward. Verse 31. And even from among your own number, number men will arise and teach perversions of the truth sounds like truth it's got a little bit of the truth there but it's a perversion see god's word is not to be perverted in any shape or form whatsoever because our father is not perverted in any shape or form but it sounds like it but it's not god's word is pure pure and holy and brings life. What does perverted teaching bring? A separation of seeing God for who he is. Ultimately, it breaks our relationship with him. And we walk away from the intimacy that we have with the father through the son by and through the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. Notice this, this is his last warning words to them going on verse 30 even from among your own number men will arise to teach perversions of the truth in order to drag away the talmudine after themselves we've all known men and women who have ministries and it's all about them it's not about the father it's not about the son it's not about the spirit of the living God. It's not about building up you in your holy trust and faith, faith in Messiah and allowing the spirit of the living God to work out the manifestation of his gifts in and through you. For the exaltation of the Father, to the recognition of the Son, and by the empowering and the equipping of the, the spirit of the living God. Because you know what? We're living in the days where there will be false miracles, false signs and wonders as never before. To the point, as Scripture warns us, to to divert and to deceive the very elect of God, which you are. Are you hearing what the Spirit of the Living God is speaking to your hearts and minds? Are you spending time reading the literal Word of God, or are you just going by teaching, by teaching, by this person, that person, that person? You decide. Let's go forward here. So stay alert. Who's he speaking to? The elders. Be awake. Remember that for three years, both night and day, with tears in my eyes, and never stop warning you. This is not a new teaching that they received from the Apostle Paul, Rav And if it happened back then, And God's word is eternal. Is it not happening today? Are we not susceptible to receive a perversion teaching that we get caught up? Just because someone having a charismatic personality? When we see a sign that this person done, we saw this miracle or this wonder, do not be deceived. Verse 32, and now I entrust you to the care of Yeshua, the Lord and to the message of his love and to the kindness for it can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who have been set apart for abba father god you know you have been set apart for him this is the word that yeshua has inscribed your name upon his hands going forward here i have not Wanted for myself any one silver or gold or clothing. For you yourselves know that these hands of mine have provided not only for my own needs, but for the needs of my co-workers as well. See, he was willing to work in the marketplace. And then when he had time off, he would go and proclaim the good news on his own dime. Going forward here, verse 35, in everything I have given you an example of how by working hard like this. You must help the weak. Remembering the words of Yeshua himself, there is more happiness or joy in giving than receiving. It's not about how much you're receiving. It's about what you're giving. Are you interceding? Are you praying? Are you encouraging? Are you building up? That's the question. Going forward, verse 36. When he had finished speaking, Shaul kneeled down with them. And they all prayed. Notice that. He got on his knees. He humbled himself. And when they saw him humble himself on his knees, they joined him. Because this was not something unusual. This was common practice. And what did they do? They spent time in communicating with one another unto the Father. And he wasn't the only one to speak. Doesn't give us all those details. But it's there. He demonstrated how they were to live. And how they were to have unity and fellowship one with another. Verse 37, then they were all in tears. See, he literally loved them, and they loved him. And it wasn't something put on. They truly, they became a community together. This patriarch, this grandfather in the spirit, is now passing through their area, never to be seen again. Again. And they're blessed and they're moved. They recognize the sacrifice that He has done through the years for their benefit, putting them and lifting them up before the Lord, interceding and praying on their behalf, building them up in their holy faith and trust in Messiah and Messiah alone. See, that's what it's all about. It's not buildings, it's not about land, it's not about how big your ministry is on the internet or the radio, or television, or the books you write. It's about building up people in their holy faith and causing them to walk with the Lord, to desire him over everything, and for you to be able to pass on that baton and say, now you arise, and if the Lord takes me out, so what? I poured out my life before you. Now you arise and build the kingdom. Be encouraged. By Rabshaul is saying, by my life before you. Be encouraged. Do not be discouraged. Know this that someday in the future we'll all be together in heaven. Going forward here, verse 37 and they were all in tears as they threw their arms around his neck and they kissed him. Farewell. Shalom. What saddened them the most was his remark that they would never see him again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat Shalom. We'll get further into the details of this message at another time. But I just want you to hear the heart of this true apostle of God